Hey, we're Ginger and Jeremy Bolo. Welcome to the Hope We Hold podcast. Where we have weekly conversations around our family table to share the hope of Jesus. Today, we are going to have a conversation about developing, enjoying, and being friends. And I am very excited to have my mom on today to talk with us. Yeah, it should be a fun episode. And we've had Mom Duggar in town for a little bit helping out with the baby and with you. How are you feeling? Um, I'm thankful this recovery time has been quite easy compared to Felicity's even. I think hers was quite smooth, um, but it's been even more smooth than that. And so I'm really grateful. Um, don't have anything to complain about. I'm just grateful that baby girl's here and she is healthy, and growing. So it's just wonderful. It's so nice having help having family here has just made all the difference in the world. So I'm able to rest and kind of just put my feet up and let other people serve us. It's been so sweet. They've been um, gone above and beyond in serving us in this time. So yeah, yeah it's been good. How People have always said the adjustment to having a second child is a pretty big adjustment. It's only been a few weeks. How you, how you feel? You think it's think we can handle it? Well, I think the reality is going to set in when all the family leaves. <laughs> we're say, oh, we have two kids and we're taking care of them by ourselves now. <laughs> I don't know. I think it, we've been spoiled so far. Got our hands full for sure. Yes. But it's, it's, it's a good kind of hands full. Yeah. I wouldn't want it any other way. If you're going to hold something, might as well hold two beautiful little babies, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, that's great. Yeah, we're excited to have uh, Mom Duggar with us today. She's been around helping us out, like Ginger said, and uh, it has been spoiling us. Um, I wanted her to stay through February, but... Yeah, unfortunately, she has to get home to the rest of the family, but we keep her here as long as we could. (laughs) Yeah, it's been good. And so we do want to talk about friendship with her. Um, Before we get into that, we wanted to announce uh, the project that we've been working on, Hope and Stead, and... um, very excited. We've been working on it for most of this year and have finally launched it. It is a retail store for an assortment of goods really focused on the home, but also on some accessories like hats. Um, and so go and check that out, hopeandstead.com. That's S-T-E-A-D.com. And uh, it definitely, just in time for Christmas, provides some great gifts for others and you can pick up some stuff for yourself as well. Um, and yeah, so very excited about Hope Instead. Check it out. And also uh, review the podcast if you are able to uh, take a moment and just tell us what you think. Rate and review. We very much appreciate that. Yes, we appreciate your feedback. It's really helpful. Also, if there's if there are any topics that you would like us to speak about on future podcasts, please just drop a note and let us know. And so, um, yeah, we're, we're grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be back on the podcast um, after just a little bit of time, <laughs> a little bit of time um, with having other people take over podcasts. Yeah, and you might take off here or there yeah. in the coming weeks, see how you I feel. Think so. But I uh, wanted to jump on for this one. So we want to get into friendship. And um, as we were talking to Mom Duggar, one of the things that has really impressed me about mom is just the the incredible way she's had friendships um, with others outside the home, but also with her kids mm-hmm. over the years. And she's maintained that relationship of being a parent who has authority and respect and the kids very much 
respect her and look up to her and and honor her and yet she's maintained a friendship with them as well and, and I think that's evident in your life yes most definitely I think that's something that I really appreciate is the friendship with my parents um, throughout the years it's it's been amazing even as kids you know we just knew that mom and dad were mom and dad but then they also loved us cared about us and wanted to hear our hearts and to know um, exactly you know what was going on or what things even made us excited or just kind of like engaging with each one of us kids and on a friendship level as well, which is so important. Yeah, and it, it is important. And that's why we want to take up this subject um, because each of us need friends in our lives. Mm -hmm. It's healthy. We were made to, to be communal and, and made to have relationships. And so uh, we want to encourage you as listeners, as, as we're encouraged through this conversation, uh, to develop friendships. And we want to examine a little bit about what goes into a healthy friendship as well, kind of the characteristics of friendship. Um, what makes a true friend and how do we be that to others? And so, Mom Duggar, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast with us today. We're very excited to have this conversation. It is a joy to get to be here with you guys. And I can definitely say a real joy because I'm enjoying getting to be with Jeremy Ginger, little Felicity, and now sweet, precious baby, Evie Joe, And it just makes my heart so happy to get to be here with you guys. Well, we're so glad you're here. We really don't want you to go home. So if there's any way we can keep you, <laughs> I know bribe you with stuff, keep you around. <laughs> well, I think there's great. a Josie and a, a dad and Johanna, Jennifer, Jackson, Tyler, a bunch of them that are mm -hmm. missing mama. And so I guess even though it's sad to leave, I do need to get back to oh, the family. Yes. I don't think Josie could survive another day without you. No. If you were going to go back, she'd be like, Mom, come. Or she's going to be on the first flight out, I know, out here. <laughs> so, Mom, you've had some really wonderful friendships. Ginger and I were talking this morning before the podcast. I, you were out and about serving again, doing something for the house, which was amazing. And we were talking about you and some of the friendships you've had over the years. And Ginger just kind of went into story time. Uh, with me, telling me some really great stories about some of the friends you've had. Uh, so we want to pick up there. You've had some really wonderful friendships in your life and and are enjoying some really great friendships. Um, we want to talk about some of those. Yes. You want to go ahead, Jen? Oh, yeah. No, go, go on ahead. I was just thinking of a lot of relationships that you've had. And I know, especially after you lost your mom, I you've told us for years just about how much of an impact... Um, some of these ladies have been in your life. Um, I'm thinking of Grandma Bennett and then Grandma Duggar, who really kind of surrounded you um, at that time when you lost your mom and you had your hands full. You had Jill, I believe, was the infant, if that's right. She was your fourth child. And so you had a lot going on in those days. But then they came around you and really were a mother figure to you and helped you. And just I remember Grandma Bennett, um, when I was young, just popping in and out of the house and bringing us her little goodies for the kids and talking to us. And you could hear her come because when she'd walk in the door, you could hear that laugh. And it was so cute. She was so joyful and just so full of life. But she just wanted to minister to you however she could. And so I want to hear a little bit about that and just how those relationships with them and then um, your friend Miss Cindy and Nana and kind of how all that unfolded and what that meant to you 
at that stage in your life when you felt even overwhelmed or just you wanted that mother figure in your life? Mm-hmm. I just, I thank the Lord. He knew exactly what I needed when I needed it. Um, when my mama passed away and Jill was an infant, well, it's actually before Jill was born. Oh, wow. um, and I just remember being, you know, like my mom, the one that I would call when I had questions. And I remember Mary was there for me. And mm-hmm. she said, I can't replace your mom, but I will be here for you. And she was that spiritual encourager in my life, just the godly woman that I looked up to. And she would give me wisdom and godly counsel. Mm-hmm. Um, Grandma Bennett came along about that same time. And she said the same thing. I know, Michelle, I can't be your mom and that replacement mm-hmm. for her, but I want to be here to encourage you. And I think those tightest two women, just those older women that love Jesus and they want Mm -hmm. to speak into the lives of younger women, it's a needful thing. And uh, even more now today, I see with all of the COVID and things that are going on, that contact and that communing and communication with older godly women is vital for these young women just to feel like they can make it, you know, to have encouragement and somebody that can identify with where they're at. Mm. Um, Maybe not exactly, but in, in ways that even I know as much as men are important in our lives, it's just a different connection with a woman who's been there. Mm. And so Grandma Bennett met such a need in my life, even at that point where um, I was so thankful for Mary being in my life. Grandma Bennett would come in, like you said, pop in, and she would save all of her extra little um, plastic containers or or paper products that were egg like crates. egg crates, <laughs> all the little toilet yeah. paper roll holders and paper towel holders. Those were our toys. She brought those in, and we would create things with those because she would just save them up for us. And I just was so thankful mm. for her godly example. She would do um, science projects because she yeah. was a science teacher for dad when he was at Shiloh Christian School. And she would just bring in all those things and she would do like the volcano eruption and fun projects. And her laughter was so uh, memorable and contagious (laughs) and just brought joy when she walked Mm -hmm. into the the door. We would all, I remember when we saw her pull up in her little white car, we would all say, Grandma Penance here, Grandma Penance here. We'd rush out to her car to see what goodies we could get first. Because as mom said, it was more recycle type stuff, but she would bring it because she knew that we liked to make stuff out of it. And so I remember with the egg crates, you know, we would like paint them and then she'd bring those stickers that people would send you in the mail with your address on them from all different things that she would support or something. It would be like, um, you know, the Boys and Girls Club or something like that. They'd send her these address labels and she would bring those extra ones. So we had stickers all over the house with Grandma Bennett's name on them and her address because we'd stick them to our lockers, we'd stick them to our beds. And so I remember you probably didn't that one you probably didn't appreciate as right. much. Right. We were we were working on learning to do it on like paper and things that we were allowed to use. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was cute though. Now, at that point in your life, Ginger was telling me a little bit about how you met Grandma Bennett because she's not actually re- wasn't actually related to you, but she just providentially came along in your life. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? Yes. And I think uh, we call her Grandma Bennett lovingly because really Peggy Bennett was Jim Bob's high school and probably sixth grade teacher along the way. She taught health 
And then she also did some um, athletics and sports and maybe yeah other things. I don't really know because I didn't go to Shiloh Christian School, but Jim Bob knew her for a long time. And then Eric Bennett mm-hmm. was Jim Bob's best friend, which is one of her sons. She had three boys. And so anyway, Grandma Bennett just took me under her wing when my mom passed away and just prayed for us every day. Mm -hmm. She was a prayer warrior. And every day she faithfully prayed for us in her prayer journal. When she passed away, Mm -hmm. there were notes in her prayer journal. As a matter of fact, I believe the boys said when she died, she had been writing in her prayer journal. Yes. Mm -hmm. That was amazing. I think just that legacy that she left of being a woman of prayer, Mm -hmm. we always knew that she was going to pray for our family and that that does mean the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you said she kind of took you under her wing, and and uh, we'll get into that and some of the characteristics about friendship and how it's selfless service and, and mm-hmm. what goes into being a true friend. Uh, and you needed that at that time, mm-hmm. uh, but you weren't necessarily looking for that. It was just kind of God's providential providing. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think I really probably didn't even know what I needed, but mm-hmm. I think God knew, and yeah. he he put it on her heart mm-hmm. to be that in my life. And I'm so grateful because my children were blessed by that relationship. Yeah. And, and definitely I was encouraged. And I think um, yeah. I just couldn't even have planned it, but yeah. God knew. And you mentioned earlier Titus 2 as well, about mm-hmm. how that's a passage in, in the New Testament that is actually written to women, older women, saying to care for and befriend and, and teach and train the younger women. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, you know, the Lord provided that relationship for you. But as you look back now and, and realize, wow, I didn't even know I needed that. Mm-hmm. But it was so helpful. I can't help but think of some ladies listening who maybe don't have that, don't know they need it, but are really struggling. Mm-hmm. And and if they had a, an older godly woman to invest in their life, how much of a, of a remarkable benefit that would be for them. Mm-hmm. And so what encouragement, you know, as you've enjoyed these friendships, and I know, babe, you mentioned Miss Cindy too, I think a few minutes ago, um, and I'm sure you've got some great Miss Cindy stories. Yes, lots of wonderful, <laughs> sweet and fun, hilarious stories. But what would you say to women about pursuing those friendships? Because you've you've benefited and you look back over the years and go, wow. I mean, and we haven't even gotten to stories about Nana and mm-hmm. the incredible friend she was and yes. is to you guys. And so um, what would you say to young women who maybe don't, because you didn't realize you needed that. Mm-hmm. And you weren't even looking for it, mm-hmm. but the Lord provided it. But what would you say about pursuing those friendships and, and seeking those out actively? Well, I think, you know, one of the things as you're reading, if you have a, a time where you read through the scriptures, I, I'm so thankful God lays that out so beautifully in Titus 2, where he says that these older women are to teach these younger women and they're to teach them to love the Lord, their God, love their husbands and love their children. Mm-hmm. And there's those three things I feel like are the priority of that for these older women and the relationship that we have to younger women. And so I feel like if you're if you're feeling that neediness, like I just need someone that would pray for me or someone that can identify with where I'm at. They've been there. They've done this. And you begin to pray. Ask God. He He's faithful and he can do that for you in ways that you couldn't even imagine. It could be like in my situation, it was widows. Uh, you know, Grandma Bennett, she was a widow. 
and um, had retired from being a school teacher. And then again, Nana, another one, beautiful situation where we went to church with Nana and um, a widow at our church. We were looking for ways as a family that we could serve others. And we wanted to maybe clean yards or or pick up leaves or do some work around on a widow's home. And Nana, being a widow at our church, we just felt like, of course, we had a lot of young children at the time, but we could pick up leaves together. We could do that. And we would go clean yards. And uh, Nana just offered, at that point, she offered to teach, because uh, she was a piano teacher, she offered to teach lessons for half price to anyone that was a member of the church. And we wanted music lessons. And that was something that we were like, oh, this would be wonderful. And so there was this love relationship that struck, you know, God just opened the door and we began to take music lessons from Nana and we just adopted her as our Nana. And I was thinking it was in one of those music lessons that you were falling asleep, right? And you, you were sitting on the couch trying to take notes for one of the kids and she looked over and saw you Drifting, you know, drifting yes. off to sleep, right? <laughs> and I just remember I was so tired because I'd stayed up late, as I usually had to do to finish some laundry and get all of those things ready for the next day. And uh, I, she looked at me and she said, are you okay? And I said, well, I'm just really sleepy. Sorry, I'm drifting off to sleep here. But she said, well, uh, I said, yeah, I'd stayed up late last night doing laundry. And she said, laundry? Do you need help with your laundry? I love to do laundry. And I was shocked. I was like, <laughs> well, I guess maybe I do need help with my laundry. I never thought of it. but." And she came over that Saturday. We went and picked her up, brought her over. She worked on our laundry. She said, don't worry about a thing. If I need you, I'll call you. But literally, she came in. That, that Saturday, did laundry, left, you know, opened the door, came out of the laundry room, and the laundry room smelled wonderful. <laughs> yeah. There were nice folded stacks of laundry, and I cried. I just said, yeah. I can't believe this, Miss Anderson. This is just like um, above and beyond what I could ever ask or think. And for 13 years, not just once a week, but twice a week, Nana came and helped us with our laundry. And I told her over and over again, Nana, you're an angel sent from the Lord. I was crying out to the Lord. I felt so overwhelmed and I felt like I couldn't keep up with life. And I said, you're like an angel. God sent you. You literally have lifted loads and loads and loads of laundry off my shoulders, <laughs> yes. uh, given me time, which really is one of my most one of our pre- precious, you know, mm-hmm. uh, things is time. And she freed up my time where I could love on my children and reach into the lives of my children and and not be spending hours and hours mm-hmm. in the laundry room. It's amazing because you, I think just how our family, you know, at that stage, I wasn't even <laughs> born yet, I'm sure. But just at that stage, you all reaching out to Nana and blessing her, and then she in turn came back around and blessed you all. I think that's just the beauty of friendship. Um, and she was able to just serve how she served our family for so many years, and she still is. I think just that relationship mm-hmm. we have with Nana is so precious, and um, it's just a beautiful testimony just to see um, even that relationship that you all have. Yeah, and mom, you've had some really wonderful friends, as is obvious, um, mm-hmm. but we want to talk a little bit about the friend that you've been um, mm-hmm. to others, because as you've been loved by others, you've you've sought to to love and befriend others as well, haven't mm-hmm. you? And that's been 
that's been intentional in your life. And and Ginger was telling me about some of the friends, the the way you've you've uh, befriended others. Um, and weren't you talking about the the queries, or did you want not want to mm-hmm. bring? Gabby. Do you want to? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think two of my dearest friends in life. Um, first friend was Cindy and she and I go yes. back to first grade. <laughs> oh my, what a friend. Um, she was one of my closest friends through high school and um, I came to know Christ at 15, but Cindy was already a believer. And so through the years now of raising our families, we have stayed connected and prayed for each mm-hmm. other's families and just kept each other accountable with our exercising and eating right. And I just, I thank the Lord for her um, early on in my life. She's been there uh, since first grade and we could laugh and tell each other stories about how she, she was like, she said, yeah, you came in and you had fingernail polish on. And that was a no, no back in the day when we were in first grade, but I had an older sister who was five years older than me and she loved to paint nails. And I didn't care because all I wanted to do was climb trees and catch frogs. But if my sister wanted to paint my fingernails, I would let her. And she really decorated them with polka dots. And so Cindy said, yeah, I just remember you came into class you had your fingernails painted and she thought whoa that's so cool she said I really kind of felt jealous but she said the teacher kind of got on to you for that and I was like <laughs> well I usually was the one that got in trouble because I would talk too much in class and would get sent to the principal's office <laughs> so we just laugh about you know going on a trip in my senior year and Cindy went with us uh, to visit my my sister in Florida and and then another trip to Ohio to visit family and we would eat a whole pan of brownies back in the day. And I'm like, that was so not good. But it was great at the time. But we <laughs> well, learned. Yeah. It's we can't nice. do that. It's nice, though, when you're young, you could just do anything. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, That's we awful. can't get away with that now. <laughs> not not a good thing. That's so sweet. Yeah. And I was thinking of just the friendships with Miss Debbie and their family. They have been such close friends. And I think just seeing um, how you've been a friend to them and even as they're blessing you, then you in return are able to bless them as well. And I think that's something that um, has been really neat to see. I think you all have definitely instilled in us just in those friendships, um, looking for ways to serve others in those friendships and to be a friend, to be mm. there for them. And so I think even in the the way that um, even in, uh, which we'll get into this later, I think I don't want to jump too far ahead. We're going to talk mm. more about that. Well, in serving others and looking for even the widows and the fatherless to serve. Mm. And, and, and you know, Ginge, it's so sweet because Debbie has been a dear friend of mine for years. And, um, and how we met them was before her husband died, um, we had contact with them through a fellowship and ministry and, and, and similar goals of um, going through some financial freedom seminar, which was very encouraging for us and for many others. And uh, we met her husband at that time, Phil. And then shortly after that, he passed away. Mm. But we had one of the neatest opportunities where Phil had shared with Jim Bob how he was just so thankful for having such a godly wife and godly daughters. His two oldest girls mm. were maybe, you know, in their teens and, mm. and almost there, the second one. And he just was just going on about how 
thankful he was for a godly wife and these godly older daughters. And dad was so impressed by the way he had just praised his girls that when Phil passed away, we were able to go to that funeral and he was able to share with with his widow, Debbie, how he had just praised God for such godly girls. And then being able to share that with the girls later after their daddy had passed. And and I think, what a friendship I've had with Debbie, because mm-hmm. you feel like God opens these doors. You know, you want to, I mean, true religion and undefiled is this, that you visit the widows and the fatherless in their affliction, and you keep yourself unspotted from the world. But truly, I can say the times that we have looked to want to invest into the lives of widows, by far, God has blessed us far greater in those relationships than we could ever have given to them. Mm -hmm. Because Debbie and her family Mm -hmm. have been such a blessing to us far more than we could ever be to them. Their their children love music and Mm -hmm. good godly music. Mm -hmm. They have invested in our children's lives by teaching us music. And so is Nana. Mm -hmm. I mean, the two music teachers in our lives have Mm -hmm. been widows. And they love the Lord. And they love good music. Mm -hmm. We don't know, Daddy and I know nothing about music, but we prayed that God would give Mm -hmm. our children a love for godly music that would worship and honor Him and encourage others to do the Mm -hmm. same. And through the relationship with Nana and with with Debbie and her family, we have been blessed. Mandy, her oldest daughter, still teaches our children music lessons, and we just thank the Lord for that Mm -hmm. relationship. I've been so impressed over the years, even before Ginger and I were married, um, of the way you've developed and maintained friendships with your children. Mm -hmm. And like I said at the start, there is such a beautiful and sweet honor that your children give to you and respect and reverence. And I've seen that firsthand being married to one of your children, Ginger. (laughs) Um, But um, I, I, I was curious, how have you sought to develop those friendships with your children even now you know Jordan's with you on this trip and and maybe not always coming to LA but you're always taking Jordan Jenny Johanna and Jackson and Tyler and you're taking them with you whether it's to the grocery store or whether it's on a trip like this and you're investing in them and um you know as many people have thought and you've probably heard this before about how do you you know invest so carefully with so many children um but Truly, there's an intentionality you've had to befriend your children. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of parents can feel the tension of being parent or friend. Like, oh, I want to be their friend, but but they give up some of their parenting responsibilities of authority and instruction and and because the, they, they want to buddy up with their child. But you've not done that. Mm-hmm. Nor have you said, well, I'm not going to be your friend. I'm going to be your authority, uh, uh, you know, figure of authority only. And so you're kind of um, cut off or cold. It's been this really beautiful balance of your children, especially the children in the home, the younger children, they, they, they honor your word. They listen to your word. They, well, all of your children, but, but in a sense of like immediate obedience, like, you know, don't go outside right now or go to your room. And yet there's a sweet relationship of friendship. So how have you sought to cultivate that over the years? And have you thought intentionally about that? And what would you say to parents who Maybe you're kind of wrestling with that. Well, I I am so grateful. Number one, I think that what a friend we have in Jesus. And when I share with my children 
how Jesus has changed my life. And young ones, from the time they're little, um, we're memorizing scripture and hymns together, and then being real and transparent as we walk along when I am giving them instruction and training them. I always would say to them, my reason that I'm teaching you to honor and obey mommy right now is because ultimately when you're grown, when I'm not here with you, my my deepest desire is that you would honor and obey mm-hmm. Jesus first, yeah. honor, honor the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so being transparent about how, you know, mommy struggles too. I know I have to ask forgiveness to you. I didn't handle that right. I wasn't patient. I wasn't as loving as I should have been. And I should have thought about, you know, what you were feeling and what you were thinking. And at the same time, still giving them boundaries of of good, strong Mm -hmm. safeguards for their life. And so always letting them know that they have a safe place to talk, Mm -hmm. to share their heart. They don't have to be afraid to tell me what they're afraid of, Mm -hmm. what their struggle or their temptation is or because we all are going to have those places of fear, anger, anxiety, and we need to be able to talk about those things. Mm -hmm. And so having moments of when we get in the car and we're going to the post office, um, asking them intentionally, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. How are you? are, Are there any temptations you're facing? Are you feeling any emotions that you know aren't good? Or maybe you're happy what what's what's going on in your life and then how can i pray for you mm-hmm. and then together before we get back home we pray and i ask them to go first because i want them to know that together god says if we um come together where two or three are gathered together there he is god in the midst of them because really their relationship with christ is what's most important because that's the relationship that, that is going to go on from here mama or daddy may not be here forever but who will always be with you christ will mm-hmm. always be with you if you're born again he loves you mm-hmm. he says i will never leave you nor forsake you mm-hmm. and that's something i really appreciated i think throughout the years because just being able to go and talk to you guys about anything and knowing that there's a safe place to share and then that carrying over just into you all celebrating our joys and our um, whatever, you know, I was interested in. If I was interested in photography, you guys were supporting me in that. And so you always knew, even individually, what was going on with us kids and knowing um, even, you know, like if we were going through a hard time, I remember when I, I would wake up in the middle of the night and I'd be terrified and I would be so fearful and I would just run to your room. I think it it felt like for a couple of years. I don't even know. Like 12 to 13, 10, I don't know. All through that stage, though, it felt like every night I would run into your room and you'd be asleep. And I'd say, Mom, I, I just can't sleep. I'm so fearful. And you'd say, well, can we pray together? And you'd pray with me right there and you'd let me pray first. Um, and then I remember Pops like writing down a whole bunch of scriptures for me one day on this this notebook because I was so fearful and I would go back and look at those scriptures and it was really helpful for me. And so I think just not even with like, Oh, you're having a bad attitude. I'm going to correct you. Like, what are you doing? Like constantly on top of us. But I think those relationships of talking and knowing exactly what was going on. And it's not just like, Oh, I'm going to put a bandaid on this, but no, no. What, what is the heart? What is in your heart and what do you want to share and how are you doing? And all those questions really, help to just make us know that you loved us no matter what, no matter what we share, you're still going to love us. And that's why I knew you would never react to anything we shared with you. 
which is something I think that would be hard to do as a parent. You know, if Felicity told me something, I mean, I could see how your natural reaction would be like, oh, why? Or how could you say that? Or how could you think that? But just the selfless um, love, I guess, and just like looking beyond that and getting to our heart. I think that is something that I will cherish forever. And I still do cherish just in those relationships. So, Well, I think we can identify with each other and with our children. Um, You know, we all have moments of fear. We all have Mm -hmm. moments of um, anger, uh, frustration. And when we are transparent in a proper way, uh, you don't have to share great detail, but you can say, you know what, I, I too struggle and have struggled with this, mm-hmm. but here's how Jesus has helped me. And I feel like that testimony, God talks about that in Revelation where he says they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the lamb, we belong to Jesus, and by the word of their testimony, meaning we're not afraid to share how Jesus has set us free. And I think so often as parents, we think we have to not share our faults or our failings because our children will think less of us. But in reality, it is getting on that. I'm, we're in this together. We're, we're in this journey with Christ together. And we're not above where, you know, you might be struggling because I've, I'm, I've been there. I may still be there in some ways. And so that friendship in Christ is what it is. And, and I feel like when we are allowed to open up with one another, and then I think another thing you touched on was when we have children, I think a lot of times if we would focus on training more than correcting, mm-hmm. so often we, and you two do that beautifully. I watch you with Felicity and you communicate with her. You talk to her. You walk her through situations, even when she may be having a meltdown. You don't react. You don't get overwhelmed. You talk her through it. And you communicate with her. And what you're doing, I I see you do it beautifully. You're training her. And then she can think about it. And then the next time she comes up to it, she walks through it beautifully. Mm -hmm. Because you're training. Now, there are times when you have to correct and you lovingly do that. Some just words of reproof. I see it on her face when you have to lovingly reprove her. She takes that and she, but I think what you're doing is beautiful because you are training. And so often that art of training is lost. You're giving her choice. You can do this or this and you let her choose. And then you, good choice. And and I hear Jeremy say often, use your words. Don't, don't squeal, don't, don't cry, throw a fit, but you say, okay, let's use your words. You're training her and it's a beautiful thing. And so often in relationships with our children, if we don't help them walk it out and train them, that's why Proverbs says, train up a child in the way you should go. When it's old, he'll not depart from it. And you guys are doing that so beautifully. It's such a joy to get to watch you guys do that. Makes me think of the text in James 1 where we're called to go to the Lord in dependent prayer. And he says in James 1, 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all. And then a couple words we can overlook without reproach. And what he's communicating is because in prayer, you have to be vulnerable because you're expressing your dependence. That's why you're saying, Lord, I need you, which means I don't have it all in myself. I, I'm, I'm dependent on you. And naturally we we don't want to be vulnerable because it makes us weak and we naturally think well if i expose weakness that'll be taken advantage of and i can be hurt and so what james tells us is ask the lord for wisdom because you don't have it you need him 
and he'll give it to you without reproach, which, mean, which means he, he's not going to hold it over your head and say, ha, huh, you're so weak, and bring it up a month later and say, oh, you need me again, huh? It's not this, it's this attitude of fear going to God because of your vulnerability, knowing, man, he might, he might use this against me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's this total vulnerability to God knowing he's not going to reproach me for this. And that's what you're modeling in your friendship with your children as a parent when you're allowing them to be approachable and you're showing them, look, I've got faults and failures. We're all weak. We all need the grace of God. And Mm -hmm. let's be open and transparent and dialogue over these things. And the kids don't have to fear that, oh, man, if I share with my mom something, you know, there's going to be serious repercussions if I let her know I'm struggling with this or if I felt that. Mm-hmm. Or or you're not going to talk about it with others, you know, and, and share it even with your friends and like, oh, well, we need to pray for Ginger because she's struggling with this or that, you know. I think that was something I always appreciated because you all would not go and like share that with even your friends. I knew that, oh, if I share this with mom, she's going to keep it. She's going to pray for me and then she's going to try to help me, mm-hmm. but she's not going to just talk about it with everyone or even other siblings. I knew that Mm-mm. it was safe. Like I could tell you about what, you know, fears I was having and not be like, oh, I'm going to come out of the room and it's everyone's going to know. <laughs> mm. And I would ponder those things and then ask the Lord for scriptures to pray over you. I can remember countless times of just, um, you know, before I go to bed or even wake up because I'd be up with a baby and I go and I just pray over a child in their room without them even knowing late at night, Mm -hmm. the night watches that God Mm -hmm. talks about. And I think my life first, really, you were talking about the -hmm. reproach and not being reproached. You know, um, God, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Mm -hmm. he gave me that verse years ago. And it is so true that he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength. That's his strength is made perfect in our weakness. So then I say back to him, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And honestly, the power of God is his grace. And no one receives that grace unless they're humble. Right. He says, I will resist the proud, but I will give grace to the humble. And I think out of brokenness and neediness, I just cried out to the Lord and I said, God, I can't do this. I need you desperately. And he mm-hmm. said, you're right, Michelle, you can't do this, but I can do this through you as you are surrendered and needy before me. I will lift you up. I will meet your needs and I will I will use you. I'll work through you and take whatever little I am and just use it. And I thought as the days went by and I just was prayerfully asking God for wisdom and loving my children um, each morning, just loving them, getting up, fixing breakfast, just kissing those sweet little faces, washing them, changing those diapers, just loving them. I feel like God gave me the greatest joy of my life to see my children grow up and love Jesus and walk in truth. Mm -hmm. That's the greatest joy is to see them. Mm -hmm. And you two give me great joy. Just Mm -hmm. dad and I just, we love what Jesus is doing in you all. We love Jesus in you and how he is using you all. Just what a joy it is for us. Well, thanks mom. That, that means a lot to us. Um, and, and, Throughout this conversation, we've we've kind of heard 
a few characteristics of friendship weaving in and out as we've looked at your life and some of those friendships. Um, but we'd like to talk about those now, sort of as we close in the last moments. And there are three, there's many more, but there's just three characteristics of friendship that we'd like to highlight. And, and the one is, is selflessness that, that's required in friendship. And we've heard it in, in those who've served you as a friend in your life, but also how you've been a friend to others. I know Ginger and I have thought of, I mean, even this, these past days where you've been here serving us in after we've had uh, Ginger's had the baby and, and you've been loving on us and just serving us in ways that we're not even asking for. Um, and genuine friendship really requires selflessness, doesn't it? And, mm. you know, you could think about it in the negative, a genuine friendship isn't going to be birthed out of someone trying to selfishly take something from you where they're just seeing what they can get from you. That doesn't typically create a good friendship, mm -hmm. does it? No, you think of the people in your life that you uh, enjoy being around and the ones that, uh, if you were to think in your mind, who do I really like to be around? Usually it's that person that is an energy giver. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think Jesus himself, um, God summed it up beautifully by saying, no greater love hath anyone in this, that he lay down his life for his friend, Jesus set that example. Mm -hmm. He laid down his life for us. Um, those of us, we, we know we don't deserve. If we got what we deserved, it definitely wouldn't be Christ and heaven and the joys of this life in Christ. Mm -hmm. But Jesus was the selfless one who gave himself for us. So he set that a beautiful mm -hmm. example of friendship. He's that friend that sticks closer than a brother. Mm -hmm. And when we learn to be like Jesus, I think we could go to Christ and he could show us exactly what it means mm -hmm. to be a friend. Jesus talked straight with his disciples mm -hmm. and some of them left. Some of them wouldn't stick mm -hmm. by because they didn't like what he said. Yeah. They'd say, oh, this is a hard saying. Yeah. But the ones that stuck by, you know, there was great blessing and benefit. Right. It was hardship as well. Yeah. And so friendships really are that. Right. Yeah. Oh, I was just thinking they weather they weather the storms and i think that's something it's beautiful to see is um because a lot of friendships too it's not based upon oh like you're doing really good or you have a lot or you're in a good place but then it's also when you're at your lowest when mm -hmm. you need encouragement you need help and you're just mm -hmm. pray for me you know i'm i'm and i think when they see those friends who can see your faults failures or even if you've offended them and then they're still a friend to you mm -hmm. it's i think that's when you see just those those deep friendships and that's mm -hmm. the selflessness as you were saying even as christ sees us mm -hmm. when we've sinned when mm -hmm. we're in our sin and our faults and failures are exposed then it's just that that um yeah that selfless love mm -hmm. because they're not here to get something and so when that thing that they were getting is gone they're gone too mm -hmm. that that reveals that's why you know, when things are going well, you get more friends. That's why the Proverbs say the rich man yeah. always has friends mm -hmm. and the poor man, even his friends desert him because he's got nothing to give him. And so a genuine friendship, though, is built on a selflessness, mm -hmm. which leads sort of to the char second characteristic of loyalty, mm -hmm. where there's a loyalty to you because I'm not in this for me. Mm -hmm. And so I genuinely care about you. And I think sometimes we can think of loyalty as someone, it's a blind loyalty where it's like, I don't care if you're innocent or guilty. I'm going to defend you in the courtroom. Well, no, genuine loyalty isn't blind to faults and failures. 
but it, it actually cares enough about you. It's loyal enough to faithfully love you even in difficulty, even when you have faults and failures. And and that that love and loyalty will look like coming to you and not being a yes man who's only going to say what you think or, or they think you want to hear, but even saying difficult things to you mm-hmm. yes. and, and requiring a, a loyalty to your well-being, uh-huh. which might require sometimes giving medicine, which isn't always easy to, to swallow. Right, right. And sometimes, yes, a spoonful of sugar will help that medicine go down. <laughs> and I think sometimes the kindness, God's, you know, the fruits of the Spirit come out when we're pressed, mm-hmm. when it's hard, when yeah. life is difficult. And if what comes out is not love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, then often we have to go back to the Lord and repent. I mean, he calls us to that at times in his heart. Our friends that stick close during those times are the gold. They they come through the fire with you. And on the other side of that fire, it's refined. It's a beautiful thing. I thank God for, for Debbie, for Cindy. Um, it's so sweet. Cindy said, I'll be there till the end. You know, we'll be 80 years old in rocking chairs, encouraging each other. We won't be able to see or hear each other very well, but we'll be there for when. And I just thank God for those friends. Debbie is my prayer warrior friend, Cindy. And it's a beautiful thing. But is it always easy? No, there's hardships. We go through hard things, Mm -hmm. but we love each other enough to speak truth, which is what's needed. And sometimes knowing the right time, like apples of gold and settings of silver is a word fitly spoken at the right time and sometimes the friend will know when to say that and when not to to give just a a listening ear and 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 praying together and then other times circling back around and saying you know have you considered this could this be something that maybe the lord's impressed on you know my heart this might be an area of of where you might need to adjust and change that's so wise um, what about generosity? I, I know in in this being selfless in, in loving others and, and not being in a friendship to gain something um, and, and being loyal, not a fair weather friend, but someone who sticks through the difficult times as well as the good. Um, generosity is another characteristic. I know we could talk about so many characteristics, but it's one that I think for me and Ginger has just been so evident in your life as a friend, in how you've loved us as a friend, um, in giving not only your money, but your time, your energy, just all of what you are and what you have to other people. And how is generosity a a critical component of friendship? What does it mean to be generous as a friend? Well, I think generosity is, is one of those character qualities that we all want to have in our life. And I think every one of us have time. Time is one of our greatest values of, of our life. We all have 24 hours in a day, but how do we use that time? Are yeah. we using it wisely? We can give to others needs um, without having any motive of return, that's love. Love is giving to others basic needs without having as my motive a personal reward. So how can I love? How can I show people love? Kindness is um, is seeing needs in the lives of others as opportunities to demonstrate my love for Christ. So sometimes even realizing sacrificially, mm-hmm. I have to do that out of love 
not looking for something in return, but genuinely loving them like Jesus loves and then being kind and showing them that love. Um, so time, giving up my time and my energy, I think we could ask ourselves that question. How can I show love? I can pray for them. If I can't spend time with them personally, like right now, I can't touch Nana. She's in an assisted living home. And as much as I want to hug her, I can't. So I go to the window and I smile at her. She can't hear very well, but I can hold my phone up and talk to her by written words, you know, and then taking the things that she loves, her favorite things that bring her joy, you know, mm -hmm. but time going and visiting her, writing notes to her, mm -hmm. um, giving her pictures because she said she loves photos and she loves written notes because she doesn't have to struggle to hear and she can still see mm -hmm. and she can read and, and boy she, she doesn't is, forget she is on her game she, she is knows. even in her 90s she won't forget she won't forget anything it's amazing so if you tell her about something in a letter she'll remember it and a couple months later she'll ask me about it mm -hmm. it's amazing she has such a good memory and she'll just she'll bring up those things but she really does appreciate that investment and i'm grateful that you all are able to be close to her even if you can't mm -hmm. you know hug her hug as her much as i want to yeah. that's such a critical component when we think generous we think money i think just naturally you think of a generous person they've got a lot of money and they give some of it but christian generosity is so much deeper in fact, money is sort of peripheral mm -hmm. um, because in 2 Corinthians 8, in probably one of the greatest demonstrations of, of Christian generosity we have, mm -hmm. the, the churches of Macedonia, as they grew in poverty, gave more to help the church in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And Paul uses that as a springboard to talk about Christ, laying aside his crown and glory to enter the world and, and become a, a pauper to, to give us spiritual riches. Um, and, and so investing your time, we've all got time and it's not the, the, you know, gifts are nice and, and people give generously and there's very real needs that money meets in people's lives. So we're not saying don't be generous in that way as a friend, but more often people remember the, the time that you spent with them, that you sat with them, even mm -hmm. when it wasn't convenient for you, but they needed it. Yes. It's the greatest mm -hmm. asset we have. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. Mom, mm -hmm. um, as we close, your ultimate friend, uh, and you've, you've spoken about him a lot today, is, is the person of Jesus Christ. Um, talk to us just for a few minutes about the relationship you have with Jesus and how has he been a faithful friend to you? When I was 15 years old, I met Jesus for the first time in my life. I'd grown up in a, a very loving home and my but my life was empty and void. I mean, I was searching for meaning in life and trying to be a friend to everyone that I would meet because I thought, well, if I'm a friend, I'll have a lot of friends. But there was still this emptiness and this void in me. And there was a guilt, just a heaviness in my heart. I had done so many things wrong. And especially, I didn't want anybody to find out about those things. And so in my mind, I thought, I've got to cover all of this. This guilt was so heavy. I didn't want anybody to know that I was a liar and a thief and all of these things. And yet, when I heard about Jesus and that he died for my sins and that I could be forgiven for everything that I had done wrong and know that I have eternal life, I was amazed. I was shocked. I'd never heard that. Mm -hmm. And it, it was like 
instant for me. I wanted to have that relationship with Jesus. I remember just crying out to God and asking him to forgive me and to, to come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. And it was so different. When Christ came in, I was born again, and it was a different me. I went back to school the next day, and I just remember looking around and thinking, my friends, my friends, they they need to know this peace and this joy that I have in my heart. I am forgiven. They need to know that they could be forgiven. And I remember going around and talking to my friends and telling them of my new friend and Jesus. I had this friend who forgiven me and he loves me. And he he wants he wants me to walk in this peace and joy. And I wanted them to know that. And and I think it was quite interesting at that point. Some of my friends were shocked and they didn't want to really hear it. And then there were other friends Mm. that drew close to me and became my close friends like Cindy Mm. and many others. And I just, I thank the Lord because he is that friend who never leaves us. He'll never forsake us. You're even your closest friends. I mean, you can be hurt by your people you love the most. Um, Your, your spouse, your your friend, your children, whatever, they can, you know, you can feel hurt and offended. But Jesus, he is there. And when I go to him, I cry out to him. Number one, I was just talking with Jordan this morning as we woke up and we were uh, reading and listening to some scriptures. Um, I said to her, I said, isn't it interesting? Uh, She was telling me when she got saved and her spiritual birth date, you know, was in November. and, um, And I said, he, God is so kind. He never, he never leaves us. And, and I said, Jordan, it is the Holy Spirit's job to convict us of sin. And he's faithful to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, as a mommy and a parent, it's, it is important for us to help our children by training them mm-hmm. and showing them character flaws. But it's not for the purpose of exposing that sin. It's the purpose of restoring them to a right mm-hmm. relationship with, with mama, daddy, siblings, and with God. And I said, thank the Lord for his Holy Spirit because he's the one who leads and guides us in all truth. And when we go to the word of God, he's faithful. Mm-hmm. His word will strengthen our faith. The more we're in the word of God, the more stronger our faith grows. Mm-hmm. And so I just am so grateful for Christ, um, his Holy Spirit. The, the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, they're all one, but they all have a perfect thing that they do in our life, and, and it is to conform us to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're in that journey. He promises he's going to finish the work he started in us, mm-hmm. and he will do that. Mm-hmm. He's faithful. Mm-hmm. Well, that was so good. Thank you so much uh, for sharing that. Very encouraging. And uh, very grateful that you jumped on to talk about friendship with us today. Yeah, thank you for being here and for just, I mean, even the way that you selflessly served us um, over these days has just been such a beautiful picture. And I'm so grateful for your friendship. Oh, I'm so grateful <laughs> you. for you guys. Love you all so much. You're my most favorite, some of my most favorite people in the whole <laughs> wide world to get to like, be with. Favorite daughters. <laughs> no, she said Don't favorite. She Don't said some favorite. Some of my fo- most favorite. I always say to my kids, you're my most favorite people to spend time with. You all, dad, you just are bring my heart so much joy. Oh, we love Aww. you. Well, we love you so much. 
Well, guys, thanks for sitting with us today on the Hope We Hold podcast. Um, we want to remind you again to rate and review and also go over to hopeandstead.com. That's hopeandstead.com and check out some of our merchandise and retail store we just launched. Very excited about that. And we hope and pray and trust that you were encouraged. And it is our hope that your hope would be in Christ alone.